Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. Want to welcome all of our viewers tonight. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now. Go ahead and subscribe. And uh, if you're there right now, please hit the old thumbs up button on this broadcast. Want to welcome all of our viewers that are joining us tonight. Skippy TV is uh, with us on YouTube. Alpha Rare is joining us. We have Mr. Deadman as well. Uh, Saz, as always, is going to be moderating the chats on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And we've got Marie, who is moderating while she's on a little mini vacation. So anyway... <laughs> Want to say hello to everyone tonight. Uh, on the Instagram side, we have Stenning Girl Seagull, who's just joined us. Hunter18 has just joined us. Shoddy is with us. Had to restart the Instagram feed, so I don't see any names prior to that. Instagram was glitching out. So like I said, I hope everyone's enjoying their Saturday evening. Uh, if you guys tuned in yesterday, we had a great guest. We had Andrew Rothenberg who played Jim on season one of The Walking Dead. It was a fascinating interview. I want to thank uh, Andy again for stopping by. You know, we're bringing back uh, the uh, OGs, what they call them, the original gang, the uh, team that got it all started on The Walking Dead, uh, and get to hear their perspectives on what it was like on set during that first season. Uh, we had Emma Bell, like, last week. Uh, yesterday, if we had, of course, had Jim, Andrew Rothenberg. So it's been fascinating to hear what it was like. Uh, next month, uh, The Walking Dead is celebrating 10 years on the air. It premiered October 31st, 2010. So 10 years have gone by. And I remember watching the premiere episode. I was at a wedding that night, so I didn't get to see it live, but I DVR'd it, and I, as soon as I got home, uh, that's the first thing I did, is watch the, uh, this brand new show called The Walking Dead, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, we have some more upcoming guest announcements. If you guys have been uh, keeping in touch with our social media, we got uh, Benedict Samuel, uh, the lead wolf, Owen who caused quite a stir between Morgan and Carol. They came to blows. Morgan wanted to keep him alive. Carol wanted to kill them. In the middle of it all, um, Alexandria was facing a zombie invasion. And Owen, in a way, uh, redeemed himself. He led Denise to safety, if you guys remember Denise, uh, at the sacrifice of his own life. So it's going to be a fascinating chat. Uh, chat. Benedict is going to be joining us. Uh, stay tuned for a date. We're working on a date with uh, Benedict. And it's funny, guys. Yesterday, I uh, posted on social media a picture of just some of our upcoming guests. And as I made this picture and I'm looking at it, I'm like, hold up. We have Dante. We have Jared. We have Owen, and of course we have Laura, uh, Lindsley Register, coming up. And with the exception of Laura, who fully redeemed herself in Alexandria, I'm like, wow, we have a, almost like a who's who of the Walking Dead antagonists coming on board uh, in the next, you know, starting next week. Uh, I'm like, wow, all we're missing really is uh, David Morrissey, who played the governor, uh, Samantha Morton, who played Alpha, of course, Ryan Hurst, who plays Crazy Beta, and we would have the full set of The Walking Dead's biggest antagonist. Uh, I'm like, this is a great uh, list of upcoming guests coming with us here in the next couple of weeks, and I'm excited to talk in each and every one of them. I love talking to uh, villains, you know, uh, characters who played villains on the screen. I think it's great because they are amazing actors. And I always say this, if you really hated a character 
uh, on a show, any show, because of how bad they were. It's because the actor did an amazing job at portraying their character. So I'm really excited to be talking to these people who are going to be joining us, uh, starting with uh, Dante. Dante is going to be with us. Uh, uh, Juan Javier Cardenas, uh, who played Dante, is going to be with us uh, this coming Tuesday. So really psyched about that. You know, he's kicking off the uh, Dead Talk Live, you know, antagonists uh, tour. <laughs> Let's call it a tour of the upcoming villains that we're going to get on this show. So really psyched about that. Tiffany is with us on Twitter. Welcome, Tiffany. Uh, it looks like the chats are frozen. So let me see on YouTube here. Uh, CC Wheezy is with us. Summer is also with us on YouTube. Um, so welcome to all you guys. Jay Wallow 10 has joined us on Instagram. Sebastian is also with us. OX has given us a smiley love face on Instagram. Welcome, welcome to all you guys. Let's get, let's get started with some news. Um, so, here's a title. The Walking Dead's Andrew Lincoln offers an update on the Rick Grimes movies. While we've heard a lot about the main series and sister shows Fear and World Beyond, things have been uh, quiet. On the movie front, it's understandable with the global pandemic, perhaps. But with the ending of the main show, we were wondering if plans for a big screen outing had changed behind the scenes, too. Thankfully, Andrew Lincoln has stated that it is still happening, as he recalled an interaction with a fan in an interview with Collider. The actor said he was out with his son in a wetsuit, and he saw that a fan had clocked who he was, and he was expecting him to make a big thing. All I heard was, come back, Rick. It was so moving, he said, I turned around, and I just went, we're working on it. So that's my answer to you. We're working on it. Uh, in between his uh, The Walking Dead projects, Andrew Lincoln has filmed a new movie with Naomi Watts called Penguin Bloom, which was recently shown at the Toronto Film Festival. So, we have it from Andrew Lincoln, and it doesn't, it's nothing new. The movie is still happening. They're finalizing the script. And uh, we are definitely going to get that Rick Grimes movie. As to when exactly, we don't know. Uh, Jeros is joining us on Facebook. Uh, welcome. Uh, Junior James is also with us on YouTube. Let's see. Next thing on the uh, news list is The Walking Dead could, and now in parentheses says, almost. Follow the comics. AMC's The Walking Dead already writ itself out of an authentic ending, but could still manage a close interpretation of Kirkman's original finale. I don't get why so many people want the TV show to go exactly as the comic books. Uh, where would the fun be in that? Uh, you know, everybody who read the comic books would know exactly what was about to happen. And I guarantee you, after the first couple of seasons of the show following the comic books directly, I mean, straight to the letter, uh, people would get bored because they know what's going to happen. So anyway, it goes on to say, tragically, Rick is killed at the end of the comics in a cowardly sneak attack, threatening another outbreak of violence but Carl follows his father's example, and cooler heads prevail. Flash forward to the future, and Carl is married to Sophia. Uh, they have a child. The Alexandria Commonwealth Safe Zone, which is what it's called in the future, has grown exponentially, and many, many citizens have not seen a wild zombie in years. Alas, there is an element of complacency to the new world. Carl is constantly forced to remind everyone that the danger does still exist, but it's a positive and hopeful final chapter nonetheless. With uh, Rick vanished and Carl already long dead, 
Sophia died way back in season two, the Walking Dead's TV series can't emulate this storyline exactly, but could substitute Carl for Judith, uh, who died as an infant in the comic books. The live-action flash-forward would center around Judith's future family instead of Carl's, but depict a similarly similarly peaceful world where civilization is finally making a comeback. Judith's personality also suits Carl's role of grizzled zombie veteran who never lets their guard down from the comics. As far as The Walking Dead's present timeline, the following source material would mean making a new allegiance with the Commonwealth and after some initial disagreements, a brighter future with a powerful new partner. This ending would be the most authentic option, satisfying upbeat while still retaining a hint of darkness. I wouldn't, however, address the various TV exclusive pieces currently on the board. The CRM, the spin-off storylines, Rick's survival... The Walking Dead has more to resolve in live action than it did in print, and mirroring the original ending would not check every box. Additionally, it's far trickier to pull off a lengthy time jump on screen than it is in the comics. Not only would every character need to be aged up by approximately a decade, even though the flash forward was a lot longer than a decade, an entirely new actress would be required to play Judith. So we all like Kelly, uh, Kaylee Fleming as Judith. So we don't want to see Kaylee go anywhere. So let's see what you guys are saying. Tony is giving us a thumbs up. Neckar is waving at us on Instagram. Welcome to you guys. AMX is also with us. Janie Joe is with us on Instagram. Janie Joe from Canada, who has given us like a billion love hearts. Welcome, Janie Joe. Uh, Tomas is with us on YouTube. Amelia is also with us on YouTube. Raquel has joined us on Facebook, saying hello to everyone. All right, next on the list, the CRM could kill everyone. The Walking Dead has, by and large, been a depressing watch. Uh, aside from the constant threat of being eaten alive, viewers have witnessed Glenn get brutally murdered, wholesome characters be cruelly killed off, and beacons of hope continuously extinguished by villains, both undead and still breathing. Given the stench of death that has doggedly followed The Walking Dead, Around its full 10-season run, it's impossible to rule out a shocking ending in which the majority of the cast are killed off and the bad guys win, and the means to do so has already been introduced. The CRM, uh, otherwise known as the Helicopter Group, are by far the most developed society yet to feature in the entire world of The Walking Dead, but it's not yet clear whether they're good or not. On, the, on one hand, the CRM are trying to change the world for the better, but on the other, they've abducted people in secret and killed their own members to prevent the news of the CRM's existence. The CRM's primary goal might be virtuous, end the zombie apocalypse or something similar, but their methods are highly questionable and could put the organization on a collision course with Alexandria. Created exclusively for the Walking Dead TV series, the CRM is a partnership of three unknown communities and the C, this is in quotes, the letter C, could potentially stand for Commonwealth. No, it doesn't. It stands. The CRM stands for Civil, Civilian Republic Military. So these guys are way out of tune with what they're writing. As seen in Fear the Walking Dead, 
the CRM don't take kindly to their presence becoming public knowledge. So if the Commonwealth and Alexandria start getting friendly towards the end of the Walking Dead Season 10, the CRM might decide to take action in Season 11, wiping out virtually every character other than Daryl and Carol. I really just do not see that happening. While this ending would be a uh, morose conclusion to The Walking Dead, a massacre would better fit the wider franchise plans currently in motion. The destruction of Alexandria and its residents would neatly explain why Daryl and Carol have their own spinoff, and the CRM would be established as the big new villains paying off paying off years of setup. This uh, uber-miserable, violent ending would also tie into the Rick Grimes arc. Rick was last seen being whisked away by a CRM chopper, but as confirmed in The Walking Dead Season 10, he has since been out on the road. Strangely, Rick didn't decide to return to his home and his family after his brush with the CRM, Rick might have spent years trying to escape his captors, but could not return to Alexandria for the fear of leading the CRM right to his family and friends. This would be explored further when Andrew Lincoln makes his big screen return. And guys, just reading through that, I just got to say a lot of that is just a, it's just speculation. That's all that is. It's speculation. First of all, they don't even know what the CRM stands for. Uh, they should have did a little bit more research before writing the article. The CRM is not three letters that we don't know what they stand for. It stands for Civic Republic Military. It's not a secret. So I don't know where they're getting all this information. Like I said, journalism at its best, if you can even call it that. Uh, let's see, Exoplay7 says yes, Kawai is also with us on YouTube, Tiffany says on Twitter, everyone has their opinion, but for the love uh, that is all The Walking Dead, it would be nice if they read the comics, exactly, or at least watch the show, uh, the CRM is not in the comic books, but at least actually watch the show if you're going to write about it. I mean, that's all I'm saying, because if you don't, then you make big goof, uh, goof ups like that. And people who do watch the show are going to realize it right away that you don't know what you're talking about. Yuki is giving us a smiley love face on Instagram. Uh, Yuki says excited for the new season at last. Uh, well, the new season is still a long ways away. You mean, you probably mean, you mean the ending of season 10. That is, uh, let's see, 15 days away. Two weeks from tomorrow, guys, we are getting the finale of The Walking Dead. Uh, Janie Joe writes, sorry, by the way, I've been really busy with homework. That's okay, Janie, it's great to have you back on our show. Uh, Anil says, I like your shirt. Thank you. Lindsay Sparks, I saw your comment as well. Also like my shirt. I ordered a whole bunch of new shirts. Uh, a lot of them are Negan shirts. I'm like, I have a whole bunch of Daryl and Rick and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other cast members. I'm going to get me some Negan shirts. And if you guys saw that picture I posted yesterday of my t-shirt where uh, I got one of Negan's famous quotes, I will shut that shit down. And I got that shirt yesterday. I got this one today. I ordered like a bunch of them and they're slowly starting to trickle in. And I'm loving my new t-shirts. Uh, Roberta on Facebook says, hello, enjoy watching your show. Well, it's great having you with us, Roberta on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. Singer Chick writes, I love that shirt. <laughs> Thank you, Singer Check. Uh, Sindiers writes, yay, on Instagram. Anil Sultan is saying, uh, is with us on Instagram as well. Uh, Gets on Instagram writes, I'm re-watching it. 
in anticipation of the rest of season 10. Yes, a lot of people are catching up again to get refreshed on where we left off. Glan on Facebook is saying hello. So, next, uh, I think this is the final, yeah, this is our final article. Uh, it's been a slow news day, but of course doesn't stop these websites from uh, posting their opinion. And as I've stated before, I'm giving everybody a fair shake, sharing what they're writing. And I'm not going to be shy about agreeing or disagreeing with what they're writing. So this one is titled, Rick Returns and a Possible Cure. The Walking Dead might be inherently violent story with a history of heartbreaking character deaths, but that doesn't mean the final episode can't be an uplifting affair. Guys, I've always said, there are no happy endings on The Walking Dead. And I don't think the final episode, which is still over two years away, is going to end with everybody strolling off into the sunset, holding hands, or heading towards a rainbow. It's just not going to happen. It's going to end in a bad way. I mean, we would be disappointed if it doesn't. Uh the comics books, uh, the comic books ending was largely positive, but came with certain caveats that prevented full-scale uh, saccharine emotional overload. Bad habits crept back into the community, and some of Rick Grimes' lessons have evidently been forgotten in the more peaceful era. Uh, fresh roots of capitalism were also beginning to peek through with Glenn and Maggie's son running a zombie circus show, risking lives for his own profit. Rick had helped to forge a world where children could grow up happy and free, but the zombie threat was still a big reality. AMC's The Walking Dead has all the tools to stretch even further into happy ending territory with touching reunions and the promise of a genuine solution to the zombie problem. This potential finale would begin by copying the comic books, with Alexandria and the Commonwealth averting a full-scale conflict and becoming true partners, promising to bravely meet the future together and rebuild the world. Yeah, and they're going to be singing Kumbaya together too. Then instead of a flash-forward years into the future, the closing episode could include a shorter time jump of less than a year in which Rick Grimes and Michonne make their grand return to Alexandria. Rick would reveal that he has been working to find a cure for the zombie virus alongside the CRM, but now requires the help of his old friends. Once again, this ending would coalesce with the other Walking Dead projects currently on the boil, Rick's mission to find a cure would explain his absence, confirm the importance of the CRM, and give Daryl and Carol a reason to head out alone. A potential cure for the zombie virus is uh, already being teased as a future plot point by the Walking Dead world beyond. That's not entirely accurate. Anyway, the spin-off's premise uh, sees a group of youngsters embark on a mission to find Dr. Leo Bennett, a world-renowned biochemist with knowledge of the zombie outbreak. The lead protagonist seemed to be a part of the CRM, drawing a triangle link between Rick, a potential cure, and the CRM. This ending would offer the best of both worlds a satisfying and definitive close to The Walking Dead while feeding into the other spinoffs and movies in the works. Oh boy. So there you guys have it. All those articles basically wishing for a big old jolly happy ending to the original title, The Walking Dead, we know the Walking Dead universe franchise is expanding. There is going to be no cure by the time uh, 
the original Walking Dead does air its final episode in 2022. If they find a cure, then the franchise is over. All right? We know that the show is not about the zombies. It's about how people behave uh, once civilization falls apart. But the zombies are the backdrop to that. And if they find a cure, everybody keeps talking about a cure, a cure, a cure. Okay, first of all, the dead are dead. And there's billions of them. All right? Like 99.9% of the world got eradicated by the zombie virus. So we are talking about billions and billions of dead still roaming the earth as opposed to the very, very small minority that are actually still breathing. So when they're talking about cure, uh, the dead are dead. There's no saving them. They're not going to come back to life and start breathing again. So when they're talking about a cure... They're just saying that the people that we know are all infected, that when they die, they turn. Yeah, eventually, with after many decades, if the existing zombies do have an expiration date as to how long they can actually last, maybe 20, 30 years, if there, are, there is a cure that is found, that might play out the way they're talking about in those articles. But they're all hung up on this cure. If they find a cure, the show is ending. And that's not going to happen. Uh, so let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, my white boy says, nobody solves anything till we see the movie. Uh, Mr. Deadman writes, the walkers are just nature and the people are the bad guys. That's a great take on it. Uh, Jeros on Facebook writes, there is no cure because no one can turn the dead to the alive. That's very true. And when they say cure, like I said, they're talking about eradicating the virus that is within the living, that as soon as you die, you're going to turn into a zombie. That's great. And that helps, you know, the 0.01% of the world's population that's still alive but like I said, you still have billions and billions of dead roaming the earth. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The world right now and the walking dead belongs to the dead. And the living people are the ones that are getting in their way. Lindsay Sparks writes, there's no happy endings in the walking dead. Like you said, Viz, some of the articles just don't make sense. That's true. I'm a white boy writes, no cure, just death uh tiffany on uh, twitter writes the walking dead is not i am legend exactly if you guys saw the movie with will smith i am legend they were not zombies they were actually living people that became infected and uh they could be cured and he actually does find a cure sorry if you guys never watched that movie i did kind of just spoil it for you um CC Wheezy on YouTube writes, but if they come up with a cure that when you get bit that you don't die from the fever, all right, you know, I, you're right there. Still doesn't help a whole lot. Uh, Anil on Instagram writes, writes, virus cure would be good uh, if it will be showed in the ending. And that would be like the very ending, ending, ending. Like when the whole franchise is ending. And that's a long time away. Um, 500, Cameron asked, can I ask a question? Yeah, shoot. Uh, you're more than free to ask your question. Uh, let's see. Uh, Just on Instagram writes, best show ever. Loved it. Waiting for the new episodes. Um... Decla, Decla is giving us a big thumbs up on Instagram. So, let's move on to our topic for today, guys. And today we are going to be talking about characters who have disappointed us in the Walking Dead universe. Uh, some of these characters uh, redeemed themselves, while others didn't and ha or haven't reached that point yet. 
And what better person to start with than the character of Andrea? For those of you who have read the comic books, you probably feel the same way when you compare the way Andrea has been portrayed in the TV series as opposed to how she was written in the comic books. While Andrea in the comic books was resourceful, brave, and a loyal character who taught others how to shoot, the Andrea that we came to know on the TV show fell well short of those expectations. Uh, Andrea in the TV show started out as someone who got on the wrong foot with Rick. Through, that relation, through the relationship that Andrea had with her sister Amy and her relationship with Dale, we started to see Andrea beginning to develop on the series. At that point, though, I didn't think we really knew where they were going to take her character. Where they're, were they going to follow the comic books? or not. Uh, it wasn't until uh, season two where uh, Andrea's character started to develop, but it didn't take long uh, for us to uh, you know, see some unlikable traits, such as her stubbornness, her willing unwillingness to listen to other people's ideas, she always thought she was right and everybody else was wrong. Uh, she did have good intentions to what ultimately got her killed with the governor, uh, where she wanted to unite the governor and Rick's group. She was just so blinded and cannot see the fact that the governor was a pure psychopath. And no matter how hard she tried, that was just not going to happen. Uh, there was that incident with Beth where Andrea's influence was frowned upon uh, by everyone. If you all remember, Andrea thought there was nothing wrong with uh, telling Beth it was okay to end her life if she wanted to. As Beth is only a teenager at that point, Andrea was not respecting Herschel by giving Beth the wrong impressions. Anyway, Andrea's character continued her downward spiral, and when she disappointed fans by choosing the governor and a warm bed over Michonne, who had become her best friend in the months since the farm fell, uh, despite Michonne repeatedly telling her about the governor, like I said, her stubbornness, not willing to accept that Another person might be right, and I'm the one that's wrong. It got her killed. And it got a lot of other people killed as well. Now, next on our list is Lori. Uh, when Rick returned into her life, Lori tried her best to stand by her man. And you know, to address the whole Lori-Rick-Shane thing, here's my problem with Lori when it comes to that okay Rick was in a coma for five weeks okay so we're led to assume that when Rick got shot pre-apocalypse uh, there was nothing romantic going on between Lori and Shane but in five weeks your husband gets shot the world completely crumbles around you and you start having an affair with your husband's best friend. Uh, you know, uh, does anybody else see something wrong with that? Because uh, I do. Uh, doesn't say much about her judgment. Uh, in a matter of five weeks, okay, yeah, Shane said that Rick was dead. And he wasn't lying, even though he didn't know the truth, but... He gave her his best guess, even though he didn't tell her he was guessing. And he naturally assumed that Rick was dead as well. But, you know, five weeks? And someone says months. It wasn't months. It was five weeks. It was five weeks that he was in a coma. And Tiffany writes exactly. Makes you wonder. Um... Uh, Anil on Instagram writes, Rick's reaction over Laurie's death was incredible. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that definitely had an impact on him. Anyway, when Rick returned into her life, Lori tried her best to stand by her man, even though she could have handled uh, ending things with uh, Shane better rather than just ignoring him. She was at least making an effort to be honest with her husband. Lori was openly supportive of Rick and was quick to shut down anyone who talked bad uh, behind his back. Unfortunately, when Rick had no choice but to kill his best friend, Lori's reaction made him feel like he was a monster. Even though she didn't mean it, I think it's fair to say that Lori could have handled it better, especially since she was well aware that Shane was having problems letting her go. He wanted Rick's family. He wanted Lori. He wanted uh, Carl. Mr. Deadman writes, uh, maybe there was a secret affair. I've said that before as well. Because right now, that timeline of five weeks and what happened between Lori and Shane just doesn't fit. Now, if they were having an affair before that, that would make more sense. Now, uh, this is what Lori whispered in Rick's ear when they were alone uh, on the campsite on the farm, which goes to show that what happened between Rick and Shane later on uh, should not have come as a big surprise to Lori. Lori's quote to Rick was, You killed the living to protect what's yours. Shane thinks I'm his. He thinks the baby's his. And he says, You can't protect us. That you're going to get us killed. He's dangerous, Rick, and he won't stop. That was Lori's quote to Rick. Uh, now, what else do you think Lori could be implying other than that things are going to come to a head between Rick and Shane? Uh, and she was kind of stirring the pot. She was stirring that pot. The fact that Lori warned Rick that Shane is dangerous and unstoppable, it doesn't fit her reaction when Rick later kills Shane. It should be no surprise to her. Even though Lori clearly regrets how she reacted, unfortunately her time on the series was also coming to an end and there will be fans who are still feeling that disappointment while others are more forgiving. Now, we got to talk about Shane, okay? Even though we've been talking about him already. But we got to include Shane in this topic because I think we could all agree that he and Rick had a great friendship, since high school at least, before the outbreak, and he kept his group safe during the apocalypse, so he didn't start out as an antagonist. In fact, Shane was a very, very good guy. Uh, once he thought, you know, he was the leader, everybody looked up to him, that was feeding his ego, it's what he's always wanted to be, so he was loving that. He was loving that position of power until Rick showed up. Uh, while I wouldn't change Shane's character because a lot of us love hating him, just take yourself back to the point where Rick tries desperately to give a, Shane a chance after chance to go back to the way things were in their friendship before the apocalypse. Uh, did any of you feel a certain level of disappointment in Shane's character as Rick's best friend when he continued to go down uh, his dark path. Killed Otis. I'm sure Rick was disappointed that things were not going well between him and Shane as well. So, I mean, Shane chose his path. Uh, you could tell he had a break from reality, became obsessed. Uh, no doubt about him becoming obsessed. He wanted what he lost. He wanted Lori back. He wanted Carl back. He really did truly believe that he was a better father than Rick. He really truly did believe that he would have been a better leader than Rick. Uh, we've had this discussion before on this show. And I think the consensus that we came to was that if it was reversed, if Shane was leading the group instead of Rick, 
they would most likely all be dead by now. Now, the next character on our list might kind of surprise you as far as characters who have disappointed us, but we're going to touch on Beth a little bit. Now, we all love and miss Beth. She's not on this list uh, because we think she did something evil. Just want to clarify that. But Beth did do something that she did not have to do, and it cost her her life. Uh, I'm talking about the moment she lost control of her emotions and stabbed Dawn with the scissors, and Dawn shot her in the head. Uh, that was a you know, WTF moment. Like, what the hell are you doing? You just have to walk over to Rick uh, and everybody else and leave. She did not have to go up to Dawn and stab her. Just a flat-out stupid decision. It was a disappointment because, uh, you know, she could, like I said, she just could have left. It felt like a complete waste of time and energy to see her do something so reckless, and she ends up getting herself killed over it. All Beth had to do was just walk over to Rick, while Beth's actions uh, was also motivated by Dawn's refusal to allow Noah to leave the hospital. Ironically, he may have survived if he had stayed since he is later killed by uh, Nicholas Cowardice on the show. Uh, and poor Maggie, she was close to being reunited with her sister, only to arrive as to that famous scene that we all remember of Daryl carrying Beth's dead body outside of the hospital, and Maggie just completely loses it and collapses to the ground. Uh, Summer on YouTube writes, Right, and why did she stab her in the shoulder? She could have gotten her in the head. It was just dumb. Completely dumb. Lindsay on Facebook writes, Yep, Shane was a great character, but when he killed Otis, it was a complete downhill from there, and he also tried to kill Rick. Uh, Anil on Instagram writes, That was that barn was a shock and emotional for Beth and Maggie. A lot of them uh, had their eyes opened up by what Shane did. Yeah, I can agree with Shane's methods or not. Personally, when it came to Shane's tirade with the barn, where we ultimately found uh, Sophia, I'm totally with Shane on that one. Uh, Rick was trying to be the diplomat uh, with uh, Herschel to allow them to stay on his farm. Shane had had enough of it. Uh, so, you know, I, as far as Shane's action in regards to him losing it on Herschel and Rick and going ballistic in front of that barn and killing all the walkers and us discovering that Sophia was inside there, I don't disagree with Shane's decision one bit. I'm with him on that 100%. Now, next on our list is Morgan. We all love Morgan and... When he is a badass, uh, he is a badass, but as, we, as we've discussed in other episodes, his actions when it comes to the wolves and our upcoming guest, Owen, uh, when they attacked Alexandria and placed everyone at risk, he chose that wrong moment to become a pacifist. He was a pacifist, but he chose the wrong moment to really put that on display. Then just before Morgan leaves the communities after all-out war, he shows us he is clearly unstable as he starts hallucinating. Morgan becomes unreliable because no one knew which side of the coin, which Morgan they would get at any given moment. The Morgan that was talking about all life is precious or the Morgan that wanted to kill anything that moved. Next, we have Dwight and Sherry. When we first met Dwight and Sherry, they were on the run from Negan and the Saviors. That's when Daryl ran into them in, in the woods, and Daryl did actually help them. Uh, we all knew that Daryl was a good judge of character, and he felt betrayed when these people he just ran into, he wanted to give them a chance, maybe even bring him back to Alexandria, 
But Dwight and Sherry realize that their efforts to try to get away from Negan were futile. Uh, and they end up turning on Daryl. If only Dwight and Sherry had taken Daryl's offer to go back to Alexandria with him instead of taking his motorcycle and returning back to the sanctuary where they face some really stiff consequences at the hands of Negan. Maybe it would not have been so bad. And then Dwight's character uh, goes completely over to the dark side. He, Denise dies at the hands of Dwight. She gets the arrow to the back of the head. Dwight later tells Daryl that that arrow was meant for him. Uh, now, we all felt in Dwight, and he realizes, uh, you know, Dwight's character is on Fear the Walking Dead now. And he realizes, just as Daryl told him, as he let him go after the war, that he needs to go find his wife and to start making things right. And he's probably going to have a lifetime of work to do to make up for all the wrongs that he's done in his life. Now, next on our list is Henry. Uh, now, before he met Lydia... Uh, you know, Henry was leaning on the wayward side. Carol even asked Daryl to mentor him. Uh, what does Henry do when he gets to Hilltop? Henry gets drunk with the other teenagers and ends up in a holding cell. Uh, Henry also shows little respect in Daryl and lets his emotions override his judgment. Even though it's clear he loves Lydia and his refusal to let her go when Alpha comes knocking, uh, his actions do come with serious consequences. Lydia needed to be saved and deserved to be saved. But Henry did have a tendency to act first and think later. Uh, he was still a kid. Uh, had Henry thought about his actions first, maybe things may have worked out differently. Who knows? Uh, anyway, let's move on to Carol. Now, we love Carol, but you got to admit that what she did for the sake of vengeance throughout this whole season and season 10, she got people hurt, she put lives at jeopardy. Uh, that disappointment we felt began when she consistently, consistently broke her word to Daryl uh, and was not completely open and honest with him, and Daryl knew it. He knew when she would lie to him. Uh, Carol, uh, Daryl is the one person that Carol cannot lie to. She tries, but Daryl can see right through her bullshit. Uh, this leads to her taking pills, which Daryl advises her to stop taking. Remember, those are the pills, so she would not go to sleep. Causes her to hallucinate and have imaginary conversations with Daryl that never really happened in life. Carol has a lot of work to do to turn that disappointment on her actions around. Even though we are still, you know, we all love her uh, because of all the good that she has done throughout the 10 seasons on The Walking Dead. We would like to see her do a turnaround, but according to some of the teasers we have gotten from the production team on The Walking Dead, Daryl and Carol's relationship is not going to really improve that much in season 11. In fact, it may take a bigger nosedive than where it's at right now. Uh, that's been leaked by, not leaked, but it's been mentioned by members of the production team of The Walking Dead. So let's do a little bit of fear, okay? And some of the characters on Fear the Walking Dead. And we're going to do Charlie, okay? If you want to talk about characters who have disappointed us, you know, at least to start out with, you got to start with Charlie. In Season 4, Episode 3, titled uh, Good Out Here, Charlie Kills Nick, which not only upset the fans, but people were very disappointed in Charlie's character, I was really pissed off when Nick died. And it really upset me. And not only that, he was one of the leading stars of that show. And the death that they gave him 
at the hands of Charlie was a huge disappointment for me. Now, if you all remember, Charlie used to be a part of the group who called themselves the Vultures, who had waited for the stadium to fall and then just took whatever was left. They would just go and camp out and sort of put the, sta- they put the stadium under siege. They weren't allowed to really leave and get supplies uh, without them on their tail. Uh, and they, the vultures knew that the stadium would eventually fall and they would be there to come in and get whatever was left over, just like what a true vulture does. Vultures, you know, circle as the uh, hunter eats its prey and whatever the, pr- the hunter leaves behind, the vulture comes in and eats for themselves. And that's exactly what, that's how exactly they got the, the name, the vultures. Uh, Nick did have a big soft spot for Charlie. He cared about her. But when Charlie saw Nick kill Ennis, who was the one sort of taking care of Charlie, uh, Charlie just goes into reaction mode. She's just a little girl. And her reaction is to pick up a gun and shoot Nick. And, uh, yeah, she did feel guilty after that. She did. There's no doubt about that. Now we're going to go back to Morgan, but on the fear side, okay? He is another character who disappointed fans in Season 4 of Fear. This came about when Morgan had spent the second half of the Season 4 seemingly rounding up all the characters to take them back to Alexandria with him. That's when we, well, we knew it wasn't going to happen, but he was getting ready to take everybody, Alicia, that whole gang, Strand, and take him up to Alexandria. And he had a last-minute change of heart. We knew they were not going to go to Alexandria. I was just wondering how long it would take or what, thing what event would have to transpire to get Morgan is to change his mind and stay put where they were down south but anyway I like I said he was rounding up all the characters to take them back to Alexandria and then we get to the season four finale that last scene shows Morgan telling the group that they had arrived with where they are needed which was not Alexandria Uh, It was the Denim Factory that they were going to just use as their home base to help people. That became their mission. That became their purpose. It was to help people. And the reason why we're talking about this in regards to Morgan, it just shows his flip-flop character that he was. Uh, One minute, he's a vicious killer. Uh, living dead doesn't matter. And in the next minute, he's Mr. Life is Precious. And right now, he has been stable on that whole Life is Precious for several seasons. But uh, according to the teasers that we're seeing in regards to Fear, where we see a very disheveled Morgan saying that the old Morgan Jones is dead... It could very well mean that we are getting Psycho Morgan back in the season six of Fear the Walking Dead. Personally, which which Morgan do you guys like? Do you guys like Killer Morgan or do you guys like the pacifist Morgan? Uh, for me, Lenny James, who plays Morgan, is such a great actor. Uh, I love them both. He plays them both great. He can do either or, and the way he's able to just flip at the flip of a switch just shows you what kind of an amazing actor Lenny James is, uh, without a doubt. Uh, Fans were disappointed because Morgan had told the others he had found peace and he was ready to go back to Alexandria, which meant we may have seen him reunite with Rick and the group. Remember, he wanted to go back and tell Rick that he was right. That the words that Rick was telling Morgan, that he did not have to isolate himself, he wasn't stuck, he has people that care about him. 
Morgan wanted to go back and tell Rick he was right, but that never happened. Let's see, CC Wheezy prefers Insane Morgan, Mr. Deadman on YouTube, prefers Killer Morgan, Singer Chick writes, Summer, I'm not sure I would have forgiven Charlie yet. I'm, v I'm very leery because she's hor a hormonal teenager. Daniel may keep her in line now, though, if she ever gets back to him. Lindsay Sparks writes, I love Morgan. Uh, it is uh, a tie for Lindsay. Uh, Steph on Instagram writes, Morgan had a lot of guilt. Uh, a lot of guilt with. Uh, he did. He did have a lot of guilt. Uh, Anil on Instagram writes, it seemed uh, that he met the Whisperers before. That's why he killed even innocent people, considering them Whisperers. But that's why he got even more guilt by killing everybody else. Anil is referring to that episode in Season 3, Clear, where Morgan is telling the story to Rick that he sees the living people with dead people's faces. That was foreshadowing of what's going to come. This was all the way back in season three now. So that's the, uh, the writers on The Walking Dead doing a little bit of foreshadowing onto the Whisperers. As far as Morgan actually coming across the Whisperers way back when, uh, so many years before, there was a possibility, but you guys got to keep in mind, uh, season three, they're still in Georgia. We don't meet the Whisperers until season nine of The Walking Dead in Northern Virginia. And when we saw Alpha's backstory, when the apocalypse was breaking out, she was still very close to Northern Virginia, just 65 miles north in Baltimore. So she was in Baltimore when the apocalypse happened, and she's in Northern Virginia, just down the belt, just down the highway, uh, many years later on. So the notion that the Whisperers were in Georgia is a little far-fetched. Now, doesn't mean that the, that the Whisperers are the only ones in the entire world who have figured out that they can put on the masks of the dead and blend in with them. So Morgan could very well have seen uh, a Whisperer-like group that is not the Whisperers that we know in seasons 9 and 10. Good chance of that probability. We're never going to get an answer to that question. We are never going to get an answer to who Morgan saw. Was he just hallucinating? Was it just a rant of a madman at the time? Or did he actually come across people wearing the masks of the dead? Anyway, guys, we are out of time for tonight. This has been a great chat. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please visit our website right up there at DebtTalkLive.com for more information about our show, see featured recent episodes, our upcoming guest list, uh, submission forms. We are looking for uh, people to join our team. All the information is available on our website. Don't forget, if you're on YouTube right now, go ahead and click that thumbs up button on this broadcast. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, the name of our YouTube channel is called Walking Dead Now. And uh, we would love for you to head on over there and subscribe. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night, guys. So stay safe and stay walking. <laughs>